Badger cares, it doesn't give a shit. Welcome to Last Man Earth. My name is Lex Jurgen, as always, I'm flanked by Matt Ralston. This being Super Bowl week, Matt is preparing for his annual ritual of sitting alone, eating his vegan black bean boca burger, and watching Cindy Crawford creeping skin infomercials as he cries for the fact that he lacks the ex- existential testosterone to enjoy football like other members of his assigned gender. <laughs> are, you, uh, are you a Super Bowl protester, or do you begrudgingly watch the Super Bowl? Um, I usually do a few prop bets. Yes. There's some pretty good ones. Um, won some money last year. Um, I showed up to a party at halftime because <laughs> I didn't want to watch the whole game. <laughs> what's the, what's the cra- so I saw like, there's a prop bet out this year for Tom Brady's longest run from scrimmage. Mm-hmm. It was it was uh, one one, uh, one half and a half yard one and a half yards yeah <laughs> yes I just can't I can't pull the trigger on that kind of betting it's just too I, I don't know how you don't get infuriated watching the game or you just don't watch the game I mostly don't watch the game even if I'm at a party I, I don't watch too much of the game you know I hang out with the women we do the grid we do the uh, the grid the box grid for the scores yeah. just totally random and then my little daughter wins every year and pisses everybody <laughs> off <laughs> it's just and she we do it so you pick and she actually picks the worst boxes and still wins so but it, it's the patriots every year so who gives a shit right um you know i have a couple of patriots friends who get excited during the game but i mean it's it's i, I, I kind of being a warriors fan i understand how people feel about the patriots but they're probably gonna win. i think they're gonna win again this year that's not exciting uh this week's show is sponsored by the way in which people jump the gun on social media when they know so very little committing fully to speculation on half bits of information on a matter you know nothing about personally is the ultimate sign of intelligence Social media, there is zero penalty for being loud and wrong. We're going to talk about Jesse Smollett. I think that's how you pronounce his name in a little bit. But literally, I was thinking there really is no... Uh, I mean, there's obviously a consequence for people like Kevin Hart when they uh, you know, do anti-gay shit 10 years earlier. But you can make all sorts of like just wild speculation guesses on, the, on Twitter and social media. And there's actually zero, there's zero harm to your reputation. Speculation of what? Of anything. Of what, like, it could be the Jesse Smollett thing or any crime that's committed or some conspiracy theory you're, you're involved in, whatever it may be. You can be the first. Everyone wants to be first. You can jump the gun on any sort of big story on what really happened <clears throat> and be completely wrong and three days later be on a, doing the exact same thing on another story and you lose zero followers and zero reputation points. I got come after pretty hard because <coughs> this is before John McCain died, but shortly before and um i had theorized that uh there may have been some false flag events regarding his crashing of multiple aircrafts oh you're talking about his historically yeah and uh yeah people were like real pissed i was accused well, you of weren't, swift boating him but you weren't you were speculating yeah you weren't saying that and by the way that was 50 years earlier so it wasn't like you were you weren't coming up with a conspiracy theory about his death 
like that maybe the CIA was putting him to sleep, Trump was putting him to sleep or something like that, which you could do. By the way, really say it really loudly, and then when he dies, just wait for it to pass. And you could come out with another conspiracy theory. As long as you don't apologize, for the most part, you're good. I mean, I don't know, stuff regarding gay people, you know, stuff that's homophobic or anti-black or whatever. I don't know. I feel like some of that sticks with well, me. Well, yeah. The, oh, yeah. That's that, the derogatory stuff. I'm just saying, like, any news story that breaks now, you have to be the first person to comment on it. And we're going to talk about Smollett in a little bit. But, like, the minute, like, within, say, 10 minutes of the story being announced and, the, you know, the actual, well, TMZ, not TMZ, but, like, let's say a legitimate news outlet says, we don't know much now, but here's what we know, and this is sort of speculative. People immediately jump to the conclusion of whatever they, whatever it is. Right, right. Stick to it. We'll double down when when called when called on evidence that shows against them. They will double down and then just ignore the story forever and pretend it didn't happen. Pretend it didn't happen. And then a week later, they'll have you know another ten thousand people suggesting they're correct <laughs> what they're doing. It's like their ba- the batting average is very low for people on social media, but it does not seem to affect whether or not they are popularly followed for news and information. Well, look at the regular. TV news, yes, like CNN gets stuff wrong constantly because they just need to say something. They need to have something up there on the ticker. They need to have their stupid ass reporter saying something. It doesn't really matter what it but is. But they they always preface it by alleged or possibly, or they always do couch it in some journalistic term just to, so they can backpedal if they need to. Yeah, as opposed to well, I guess they do denouncements, but that's when it's more opinion based. So. I saw even in the Smollett thing, again, we're going to talk about it, that people were like, if it happened, this is really bad. Like, if it happened, this is like whatever. <laughs> Versus other people who are just coming out. And this is just the latest example this week. Uh, uh, just denouncing just denou- just denouncing people, uh, whatever it may be. Um, there was that woman in the, in, I don't know if we talked about her, in Denver, like a school teacher who went on that uh, Covington Catholic School like yearbook site. Picked out a kid who she thought was at the rally, and it was just a kid from the basketball team who wasn't there, <laughs> and called him a Hitler youth. Wow. And so it's like, you know, and they started doxing him online, basically. <laughs> it's just like, well, she did suffer some consequence because she was a teacher, and then people actually, uh, someone on 8chan anti doxed her and gave all her <laughs> information out. <laughs> so it gets ugly. Uh, don't forget to become a patron of the show on patreon.com forward slash lastmanearth. Thanks to all our new patrons. Get on this shit now before it disappears. If you wish to contact the show, hit us up on Twitter at Last Minute Podcast or on Facebook, also Last Minute Podcast. On on to the show. Now let's talk about Jesse Smollett. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that right. So I just learned moments before we went on air that Jesse is half Jewish. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) which... I no one's mentioned no one's mentioning of course uh, uh, you know as a Jew I'd like that in the hate crimes category to be listed uh, I know they're called they're talking about a lynching and uh, and uh, and end bombs and and this black racism but let's face it his father's Jewish so is it perhaps he was attacked if he was attacked for being for being a Jew oh, I don't think so I mean, now since nobody knows nobody knows <laughs> <laughs> yeah no one knows it's on his Wikipedia page he doesn't look Jewish uh wow well, wow that's pretty racist um so Jewish guys have a thing for black women right it's um, like the it's a, a known no I thought it was Asian point. I thought it was Asian women I thought it was tiger moms was the thing because it I guess it's just remote. non-Jewish women yes yes <laughs> I will agree with <laughs> I, I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever dated a Jewish woman before uh, it's just something I don't know. Some people date just don't like people that remind them of their family members. I think, and they always date people that are completely opposite of how they grow up. Not for any bias reason, but it just sort of 
I don't know. And then, then there's the people who date people who remind you. When you see a, like a guy and he's got a girlfriend, it reminds you exactly of his sister or his mom. Yeah. How, cre- how creepy that is. <laughs> well, a lot of, a lot of homo- homogenousness in the uh, Jewish community in terms of personality, uh, you know, general demeanor. So you could be dating a Jewish chick and she, she would say the exact same thing. That your mom said to you. Wow, man, uh, you wearing your MAGA hat, and uh, <laughs> you have a noose. Do you have a noose with you? No, I'm just saying if you're the prototypical. Well, sure, but if you're like an Italian, same, you could say the same stereotype of Italian Americans and yeah, yeah. Irish Americans or whatever. Black, probably black Americans. Like the black would be the tough old mom, you know, hardcore with the spoon making whatever. You know, you picture Aunt Jemima with the thought things. So, so, I mean, there is something culturally correct about that. But yet, people, most people do stay within their culture and race when they marry, ultimately. So I think there is something to be... There's probably the dominant force is that people do end up marrying a woman who's just like their mom. Mm-hmm. That probably overrides the guys who just sort of want to get away from it all. It's just instinct. But let's talk about Jesse Smollett. So there's not been any... There's, there's, TMZ seems determined to push this case for some reason, based off of hearsay evidence of unnamed witnesses, they they keep finding, and the police keep having to deny, have to deny exists. TMZ is pushing for it to be a story. Yeah, to be a racist, uh, racial, uh, homophobic, racist attack. And I don't know if they're doing that because of for political reasons or just because that's the most salacious aspect of the story. And if it's not true, they look pretty shitty for bra- they broke the story essentially. Um, and they pay people, of course, for tips. So that you always have to be wary of that, although they have broken some legitimate stories. It's sort of like the Inquirer. They've broken some legitimate stories before. But they're mostly just going off what he has said, right? Uh, no. Well, they have uh, the, the neighbor lady now who says she saw like a, a rope, you know, like a noose around his neck, which is unclear exactly what that means. That would be 40 minutes after the attack. He would still be... Still be wearing the, the, the noose. Yeah, it's like when you get in a car accident, you know, you just stop on the highway. Yes. <laughs> like, don't, you know, you're not supposed to do that and you will die. But, you know, that's what people do. No, of course you wouldn't still have the noose on your no, neck. No, why would you have the noose? Like if someone actually attacked you, black or white, whatever it is, and put a rope around your neck and, uh, you know, you would take it. I would assume you'd take it off as soon as humanly possible because it would be really frightening and, and scary and uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and so to have it on 40, this would be 40 minutes after the attack to have the noose. And it's not like it was bound to him. He couldn't get it off. It was just, it's unclear whether it was a rope or string. Uh, and also the, the fact they have like released the photos of the slender man, unidentified figures, <laughs> figures from a, a camera. Two guys. Persons of interest, which essentially means they were in the general. So he won't, Smollett won't say where the attack took place specifically. I mean, he says the area, but he won't say specifically on the street where it happened. And also he has not turned over his, he won't turn over his cell phone because he did claim that he was speaking to his manager at the time of the attack, which seems kind of odd. Mm. Uh, Two in the morning. Yeah. I mean, it's possible he was drunk. Maybe he's calling his manager slash friend. It's possible, but he won't release his cell phone to give police evidence of that fact. And there are no, I, I just saw in passing that there were, possible witnesses of the attack is no, that not no that's not true? no they have so they so uh chicago which is by the way pro, i would downtown chicago probably the least redneck places you'll ever visit in the country mm-hmm. um especially streeterville where this took place is a very sort of upscale progressive diverse heavily gay area of town and again you know the thing about these stories is there's no way to deny that like Two crazy ass rednecks would invade like the gay part of town, 
gay or black part of town, gay black part of town, and like find a victim to beat up. That's always possible, and yet it almost never it, <laughs> it almost never happens. Yeah, I mean, it's just very. I look back at the history of just a brief history of like sort of uh, uh, high profile uh, hate crimes against like uh, uh, celebrities and black actors and gay actors. It's actually very rare that they they are attacked by strangers. Like it very very rare. Like in a hate yeah. crime, like you know, damn you, gay, I'm gonna kick your ass, faggot, I'm gonna kick your ass, or n bomb, I'm gonna kick your ass, and beat, getting beat up. It actually is. I don't know if you can think of any. But it's very, it's very rare. No, I feel like the redneck guys are usually in their own environment or yes. in like a neutral environment, and then someone they hate crosses their path, and that's when the attack occurs. But you know, they're not going out and driving out to West Hollywood no. to, to pick on gays. No, like how many how many times you live in West Hollywood, the center of gay celebrity <laughs> on the West Coast? How many times have a couple like rednecks come in a truck with like masks on and nooses and and, and bleach and attack like gay men or black men in West Hollywood? Never. Yeah, as far as I know, <laughs> no. I mean, there was a a couple guys that got punched. Um, like there were some minor incidents of sure. people got into it, you know, in a line at a club or whatever, and. Uh, you know, both parties shot off at the mouth. I don't, I don't know if that's a hate crime just because the guy says fag or whatever, but maybe it is. I don't know. But point being, it's not like, um, yeah, it's it's not like in a movie where they're cruising down in the yes. in the Chevy pickup truck, <laughs> yes. you know, because there's nowhere to park that anyway. Even on even on uh, the show, uh, I'm watching the show, Treat, uh, the third season of True Detective, which is a, a well written show, but it's written by you know, it's about Arkansas in the 1980s, so there's a lot of racial elements and redneck elements. But it's clearly written by a guy who lives in Hollywood because it's just some of the elements are so cliche to how they think things happen. There literally is still like boy, the, the guys get, hop into trucks together into each other's uh, four by fours and get like two by fours in their hands to go beat up the, the person they don't like in town. <laughs> like the rednecks get together and actually like hoot and holler and get in the truck and drive down the road like and try to knock people off the road and beat them up and tell them to get out of town. Which, yeah. Probably happens, but I'm not sure the people who are writing these stories have ever seen ever actually seen it happen outside of another movie. It, I mean, in the 80s, I don't know. It kind of happens, but like you see that movie Three Billboards in, yes. over Missouri or whatever, and the chief of police is like, uh, or not the chief, but the the Sam Rockwell character yes. is like this unhinged lunatic and he's just doing all these things that would see him fired and arrested yeah, immediately right. but in the reality of this movie it's like everyone's a racist except for the one lady or something yeah but, i believe it's like a lot le and i lived in the south for for at least two years two years over two years and what i found was there's a lot of racism for sure it's very it's very kept very low-key yeah, I mean, even in those really crappy towns, the chief of police, the police in general, they may be largely racist as well, but whoever is in charge of that organization is not going to allow this no. kind of thing. No, they're not. For a number of reasons. They're not hooting, they're not hooting and hollering <laughs> and waving two by fours in the air and yelling, let's go in Jimmy Bob's pickup and go go kill some minority, go yeah. beat some minority. They're going though. to arrest you. They might let you go the next day without, you know, doing anything about it, but. What struck what struck me was in the in the South it was very there was a white part of town and the black part of town this is in Georgia, and so there was obviously a, a systemic racism, but it was very peaceful. It felt like a very peaceful like it was just a segregated like oh that's where the blacks live and shop here's where the whites live and shop and 
hey, this is working out great. <laughs> Which to me was like just perverse. But it was when I was lived in northern cities like Boston and New York where actually attacks occurred. Like where, you know, where there was violence between races and like in Boston where the guys would come out with the white guys would come to the golf clubs and start beating black kids or whatever. Mark Wahlberg chasing Vietnamese guys with the with the actual two by four and blindsiding the gooks, yelling gooks, get out of town. It seemed like the northern towns, the cities actually had like the actual acts of violence, whereas the southern towns just had that sort of long-term simmering under the, <laughs> under the radar sort of systemic race, systemic race and like separate water fountain type racism. Yeah. Plus, oh, I, in the South, I don't know how many people, there are people that think, you know, Christmas is being taken away and sure. there's one gay guy in town and next, you know, he thinks now his kid's forced to be gay or something, but... Um, I don't feel they feel as much under siege in, in terms of like if you're just outside of Seattle or Portland or San Francisco, um, those are straight rednecks. <clears throat> um, but, you know, they they probably feel more threatened because, you know, their town essentially is being taken over by gay people. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> which is, which yeah, is there fine, aren't many. But... You're talking about the one gay guy like in a Mississippi town. He yeah. probably moved a long time ago. Yeah, he moved to San Francisco. <laughs> there's, just no, there's just no way. Speaking on behalf of the Jews, I'll tell you, we got out of the where, out of these uh, pla- redneck places as fast as possible. Yeah. And uh, now we're in New York. So uh, I, I don't under, I mean, so it's what happened. Is a ca- so they have Chicago has a large number of closed circuit cameras, like more than any other city, apparently. So one thing I noticed about, like, I watch all these BBC detective shows, and London is just it's just littered with CC, CCTV cameras. Every, like, every block has them. Mm-hmm. They put them up during the IRA uprisings and so forth. So every detective story that takes place in London always involves them going to the CCTV cameras, and they see everything. Mm-hmm. They literally see everybody's movements, and that's something we don't think about here. But Chicago has a large number of the cameras, and so apparently they have him st- small it tracked for all but 60 seconds, uh, and they don't see him attacked. So there's only 60 seconds where he's off camera. It's not enough time to pour bleach <laughs> on someone, <laughs> attack them, and put a noose around their neck, beat them up. Don your MAGA hats, which you're not wearing. He should have known better than the MAGA hat yes. detail. Like, that's just so way too on the nose. Bad writing on his part. Right. That and the, the, the noose, the noose was a bit much. The noose was too much. Um, t- uh, Wait, so his neighbor of where he lives saw him coming back still wearing the noose? Yes, that's what she claims. This would have been about approximately 40 minutes after he claimed he was attacked. And he won't say precisely where where it happened because he doesn't know or he's just not divulging this? Uh, he says he doesn't remember exactly where it happened. He also claimed he had broken ribs, which the police are refusing to verify. Uh, he definitely had, definitely had a punch. He definitely looked like he got punched in the face. Yeah. He had a, he had a good, nice, nice like, scrape on his face. I don't think he punched himself, but it's unclear what when he could have sustained that injury. Did he it. report this to the police? No, his neighbor his neighbor called to the police. Right. Also, he had that letter a week earlier of cut out magazine, <laughs> cut out cut out magazine. Another letters. movie trope he <laughs> yes. used. This guy threatening. <laughs> I mean, I, I was thinking about how easy would it be if you want to stir up, say, hate crime. If you're a minority, you'd have to be a minority. It'd be really easy to just say, like, some dudes jumped out, dropped an M-bomb, punched me, and ran away. Mm-hmm. And it'd be almost impossible to disprove that happened. I mean, because, A, it probably does happen you know, on, on not such a rare occasion. But at least it would be such a, a quick and minor and random incident that it'd be impossible to disprove it didn't happen. But, yeah, you added, started adding all these details in, which is as everybody wondering, well, some people wondering, like, Nah, this can't. This couldn't have been this elaborate of an attack. He would have a stalker. And by the way, 
I don't know if you ever heard of him before this week. No. I've never ever heard of this guy. No, but that, I mean that doesn't mean much. I haven't. He's on a show. I know that he used to be on Nickelodeon. He was a he was a kid actor. He was in the Mighty Ducks. Did you know? He, I say I went through his wiki page. He was in the Mighty Ducks and yeah. that movie North with the the Rob Reiner directed movie North. With so the, so there's um, there's no footage of the attack, and there is sixty seconds unaccounted for. There's six seconds unaccounted for, and, and I'm assuming that he is now going to claim that. That is the time frame in which he was attacked. Because really, what else would he have to go on? I don't think he. I, I think he doesn't have to claim anything at this point. I mean, he reported. I mean, he's a victim of the crime. Well, a lot of people are talking about him possibly being a liar. Like we're not the only <laughs> ones talking about this. But if he if he is a liar, I assume if he's a, li- a lying. Let's say my theory is. Uh, I mean, I think one of your theories is that he's just trying to drum up publicity, or he's trying to create some a name for himself, or just create agitation of some type. I would say it's probably more likely he has a disgruntled ex-boyfriend lover who is threatening him, and he doesn't want to uh, ha- turn that person in. You know, when he got the letter, he realized it was from that guy. Probably a bad breakup or some kind. And he's like, I don't want to turn this guy in and have the FBI. Like Fox probably called the F- Fox called the FBI. I don't want to have this guy fucking do five years in jail. Right. That's and that's probably again why he didn't report it to the police. He reported it to Fox, I guess, but. Um, and then this dude, then this dude came and confronted him and beat him up or punched well, him. This guy's a racist stalker, yes. and he picked Jesse Smollett <laughs> yes, of all the black people to half black, half Jewish, hate yes, <laughs> and, and target. He picks like a random cast member who's essentially obscure on an, uh, you know, on a. That's show. the thing. I don't know that like I don't know that like second tier. A- I know second tier actresses are hot, like models and attractive, have lots of stalkers. I don't know that second tier actors have lots of stalkers. Like I wouldn't think like a dude who was on a TV show you have heard it before he played a, a secondary role would have like who, what kind of stalker would pick that would randomly pick that person out? He wouldn't. He'd pick Terrence Howard. He'd pick you know someone else from the from the show. And Terrence Howard would be a great person to stalk, by the way. And the, and stalker guy, the, so a guy who writes, first of all, a guy who writes a letter. Like he's in a Batman movie right. in 1950, who actually writes a letter with cutout magazine letters, right. which is fucking hilarious. I don't know whether someone actually wrote that. I don't know if Smollett made that. Who knows? Um, but that letter guy is not the same guy that then tracks you down um, in Chicago, probably far, far away. So he just happens to live in the same city, or he he flew to Chicago to assault well, you. Well, two guy. He it was two guys. So he claims there's two so guys he who found a up. friend to go along with his plan because, yeah, that's hey, man, do you want to go? Uh, do you know Jesse Smollett? No, I don't. He's on that show. Do you know that show? No, I don't. Anyway, what do you want? Oh, uh, I got some bleach and a noose. Um, we're going to head down to Chicago. It's, you know, it's a four hour flight from Orlando. You want to go? No, no, I don't. No, it's just no. You're insane. It, it doesn't. It, it, there's just. It would be cr- the craziest if it was true. It'd be like the craziest story ever. Which is, and by the way, so Smollett grew up as a kid actor, so he's been around Hollywood his you know his whole life. So that makes me believe he creates things as well. He also, by the way, has an album coming out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has a musical. His first musical album coming out, and he's giving a thing this this weekend in, Ho- in West Hollywood as a performance, and he's gonna he's gonna uh, have a rally. So I don't. I mean, look, if he really just say I got punched I, again, I don't understand why he just said, like some guy yells racial slurs at me and punched me and ran away. And there'd be just that'd be the story. And everyone else could do their thing where, you know, everyone from the show Empire and everybody else has to like, uh, uh, 
tell them what a horrible thing this is. And obviously, here's a good thing. You can speak out against racism and, and homophobia regardless, but it's just kind of ridiculous that on this one you have to like use this example as uh, the, the horribleness of racism in the United States when it seems like he's clearly making the story up. Yeah. So what's going to happen? It's going to sort of... <clears throat> eventually, everyone's going to come to a uh, tacit understanding that he made up some of it if not all of it yes and we'll figure out what happened and we'll figure out he's a liar and then like he'll continue to have rallies and people will show up and he'll be like it'll we'll, we'll forget about the, the fact kesha that he'll be like the uh, he'll be like the uh, black jewish gay version of kesha who's only who's only jewish and maybe gay i don't know. yeah <laughs> and like black. fucking stupid 20 year old twats that work for huffington post will still like be writing flattering articles about him and dumb like just straight up dumb people that don't think about things will like hold him up as like some kind of civil rights activist yeah rose mcgowan as a for instance yeah i mean you read her you read her, her twitter feed when she she has another book coming out and there's just like a thousand women writing about what a, a amazing spiritual guru she is for them truth teller i mean they're literally calling her a truth teller in a time of liars like really? <laughs> like I mean, there's just a, there's such a disconnect between what people want to believe about other people and what's the reality that you can't really, you know. You and that's why it. we're incentivizing assholes like Jussie Smollett to yes. embellish and or you know I'm not going to claim I know exactly what happened, but I kind of know that the way he's making it seem that that's not what happened. No, it would be the first time anything like that ever happened in this country. <laughs> And throughout the entire history of But aren't we just encouraging these people to keep doing these publicity stunts when there's no backlash, there's no repercussions for... When it's obvious that it's you're lying. I think it's tougher and tougher in this day and age to pull this shit off because look at all the evidence that's coming out with all the cameras and all the uh, everything else in the media and, and everybody, being a sl everybody on the internet being their own sleuth. I think it's harder to get away with verifying these stories when they're fake. Yeah. But at the same time, people don't seem to care whether or not they're fake. So there's, there's, a counter, there's a counter to that, which is like, okay, so all the evidence now, I mean, what do they have? They have a picture from the Chicago police saying two persons of interest because two people happen to be walking in the general vicinity about the general time. And by the way, most people that have looked at it closer think it's two black guys walking, walking along the street. But definitely hard to tell who they are. And they're calling persons of interest as if, that is like sort of sort of evidence that a crime that a crime occurred because there's two people on the street like a block and a half away at the same but time. People are just gonna believe what they what they want to believe anyway. I mean, I think the police I think the police are slow walking it too. I I would imagine like a, a, a cop who's been around for a number of years, detective knows right away what's happening, mm -hmm. but they have to slow walk it because they can't come out and call the guy a liar. Yeah, just on the point one percent chance that he's not lying, or just the the fucking well, if, if you're Chicago PD. You can't come out and say a claim of racism was is a hoax like right away. <laughs> I mean, that that department has a horrible reputation. So they're just going to slowly start kind of poking holes in the stories. They just, think? I think, they're just going to let it or go. Just forget about they'll, it. They'll call it. They'll call it an open case. <laughs> Matt, you loved opera. Between the two of us, you love opera. Have you been to an opera before? No, uh, I, I I would be open to going. But really, I haven't been. I went to was it opera or ballet? I can't remember once. I went to symphony one time. I fell asleep. I fall. I just I have the great ability to fall asleep during things that are of no interest to me. 
I can, I can just instantly fall asleep during an event. I like, could fall asleep during a symphony. I could fall right asleep. Yeah, I don't care how loud it is or if it, how inappropriate it is. If it's something like, if I take the kids to like, we take them to some shitty animated movie, I just, like, two minutes in, I fall asleep for an hour and a half. Like, and I wake, wake up when it's over. Why do you even need to be there would be my question. Uh, well, you have to. Why don't when, you just go watch your own movie? When they're little, you gotta, you got to be there as, as a parent. What are you going to do? Some child molester comes <laughs> up, you're asleep. I don't, you're serving no purpose. It's true. And I got I, 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 I have to tell, like, this, the person next to me, if I start snoring, just hit me. <laughs> uh, so this story, I love this story. Uh, David, uh, so uh, you, I don't know if you have the trading cards of your favorite opera singers. <laughs> But David Daniels, I guess, is a famous op- young male uh, opera singer. If you're not, if you don't have like a hardcore Guido Italian name, yes. I have no use for you as an opera singer. David Daniels. Yes. Well, so he's a music professor at University of Michigan, but apparently he's also a, a, a whatever you call it a opera diva, whatever the, the male version of uh, diva is. Like a tenor. Yeah, he's. Uh, He's in big. He's in big time product. I mean, he's in big time productions. He gets called in for big, uh, dramatic uh, shows on, on the wherever they are in New York. When he's performing at the New York Opera House, so forth. So he's not a, like a little guy, you know. I mean, if you if you're in the opera world, I assume you've heard of him. And he, he married his conductor husband, Scott Walter. Okay. <laughs> it's always nice when two guys in the same business get to get to fall in love and with one another. And only talk about opera <laughs> yeah. all the time. Yeah. I guarantee that's their only. <laughs> Well, no, that's not the only thing they talk about, because apparently eight years ago, they raped a man in Houston. Oh. Yes. Although, you know, this is one of those stories, we just talked about Jesse Smollett, where a guy, a young 20-something opera student, eight years later, claims he was raped by this by these two, I guess they were not married at the time, but two, uh, opera singer and conductor. And so, you know, you have to... You have to but doesn't he, he's not like looking for money, right? Doesn't he just want... Like to get it out there. Well, he went to the police. He filed the official police report. I assume he will be suing at some point. Huh. But he did go. He did. You know, he's not just uh, extorting them. He went to the cops. They're of course denying it. But this brings up the. Uh, also, the best thing about this couple too, before they raped this guy, is they were uh, married by Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, how about that for a fun? F- how about that for a fun fact? She's a judge, I guess that allows her. Yes, yeah, she's like a what do you call it? Notary. Uh, like a sea, like a captain of the love boat. <laughs> she can do international international water marriages. No, I, she's a judge. I mean, she's a real judge. She can do a marriage. I oh, know she's. A, she, I assume they don't often judge, do. I, sure. I assume the Supreme Court justices don't often do marriages. But I think this was a high. She, I, I assume, an opera fan, and these are two high profile people in that world. Is this so, like a corporate gig for her? Like they flew her in, <laughs> put it up at La Quinta. Yes. She marries two gay guys. and yes. goes back to. Do you here. know that the uh, uh, a little a little bit of personal trivia? Uh, the guy who married me and my, uh, myself and my wife was the. Uh, uh, rabbi who does the death row uh, inmates services at uh, san quentin oh yeah yeah that's all i could find i was like it was like <laughs> i couldn't find anybody to do it and so i found this guy and he does uh he counsels the guys they have to have uh death row has to keep different ministers from different faiths on call uh there are and, a lot of jewish guys on death no row? not really but it's a good gig uh, you could, I mean, a Christian could ask for a rabbi if they wanted to or so forth, but they have to keep, there has to be someone officially from each religion basically around to counsel the people on death row before they die, before they hit the, hit the chair. Uh, or I think they actually get lethal injection in California now. And uh, so, but he was like, literally, I got him like, paid him cash. He was just a mercenary, he was just a mercenary mar- marrier. 
And he comes in for like 10 minutes, marries you, and leaves. Did he seem psyched to be doing this instead of talking to a guy that might murder him? No, I don't know that he actually does. I mean, he was on death. He works at Death Row, guys. But like you said, there's not many Jews on there. But just being... So I think he had a lot of free time, so he did... Being on the premises yes. of Death Row cannot be a good vibe. I would say he was very... It can't be great for your He was more here. of a uh, mercenary rabbi, a transactional guy. He right. came in, he asked for the check, and he left ten, he left 10 minutes later. Typical. And when we were a minute late, we started tapping his watch. <laughs> he started tapping his watch. So I guess RBG does the same thing. Like, you can book her. Yeah, you can just book her. Like, is she, like on Craigslist, she has, like, a little thing. Like, need, need wedding, high-profile wedding. Don't come cheap. But if you're the right, if you're the right gay couple, I'll come, and mar- I'll come and marry you. The left really needs better heroes. Yes. I mean, nothing against RBG, but... I, I actually like RBG, except that uh, she seems to now just be trying to hang on to live until <laughs> Trump, Trump's out I of office. I like her too, but <laughs> Trump's out. I picture what, her like on, a, on with interferon injections. Like, why in am I looking at like a video of her working out and doing a fitness routine? Like, oh, she's in a Lego. She's she, in a new Lego movie. She's a good judge, but she's not like a badass. It's, now, you know, like they've never, they've she's never. She's not like ironically cool the way they're trying to make her. I don't think they've ever been able to turn a. Supreme Court justice into a cool to a cool person. I mean, a Thurgood Marshall, guys who were ground, groundbreakers. But even they, I bet you probably wouldn't like very much. In, you wouldn't like very much in person. No. They're judges. Who likes to judge? So here's my here's a question out of this opera slash conductor rape of young male story. Matt, we've we've circled around this issue before, but how is it that a, is it possible for uh, sort of obviously being bound or tied down or held down? Is it really possible for men to rape other men? Well, to I'm assuming they're kind of big fat guys, right? Oh, uh, the opera singer is a big fat guy. The opera singer is a big fat guy. Oh, the other guy's a conductor. Yeah, so, so he's, he's fit. Probably like more of a, a wiry, thinner. a wiry guy. <laughs> yes, they look yeah. like they look exactly like you would imagine in a cartoon. Yeah, so that's a pretty good team in, in terms of grappling and and brute force. You kind of got your uh, grease man and your uh, strong man there. <laughs> and I'm assuming the guy, the uh, opera student, is a little twink. Yeah, uh, I haven't seen his photo, but I'm a uh, well. Although if you're an opera student, you got you can't. There are no really small opera st- s- uh, singers. They're all fairly portly people. You just sort of need that diaf- a whole diaphragm thing working to be an opera singer at slash uh, 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 active gay dude. For some reason, <laughs> active yeah, bo- you're active probably bottom. right. I was picturing all opera students as being skinny losers, but I think everybody uh, thinking about like uh, violin majors. Yeah, I guess I'm just thinking of someone that would actually take an opera class. Like, I don't know how you get into opera, but you're right. If you're, bear, they look like bears. I would yeah, classify more gonna, as bears. You're going to have to take a class at some point. Um, so, yeah, two guys on one could rape a guy. But fi- So physically, yes, they could, one guy could hold him down, the other guy could sodomize him. Although I don't think that's what's being alleged. I think these, these cases always come down to more I was, they got me, plied me with, like the Kevin Spacey, they're more like Kevin Spacey stories. They plied me with liquor. They started groping me against my will. Next thing I know, I got a, a dick in my mouth. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, we've we've talked about this before, and I don't know that. Like, we've always said the guys can't be raped by girl by women. I think we've kind of agreed on that. Yeah. Unless those like Nigerian stories where they're like the women are stealing s- semen for like rituals and using putting a gun to a guy's head and jacking him off. That happens. Uh, literally, that happens. Uh, but this seems like more like a, an encounter in a hotel room. They apply, you know, got me drunk, loosey goosey. And next thing I know, they're both having sex with me. And I kind of, I told them to stop, but they wouldn't stop. Yeah. Yeah. Cause gay guys can get sex so easily in, yes. unless they were, unless you're like, uh, you know, the BTK killer. <laughs> right. Like, why would you need to rape someone really? Do you, I mean, 
I guess you. I mean, I, have you ever heard of like a rape, like actual physical assaultive rape of guys on guys, like where they're actually like, you know, holding the dude down and like sodomizing him with his like, you know, with their face in the cement I mean, or just something in prison. Yes, that's what I was. That's what I was thinking. Not operas, not not opera singers that also teach at the University of Mi- University of Michigan. I mean, I'm sure it happens, but yeah, most of the stories are like, well, I kind of wanted to be there anyway. And then uh, we, of were, we were partying, you know, just a normal party for gay guys, you know, just some <laughs> yes. booze, a little bit of meth, uh, some special K, a little Molly. And, you know, the sex is like it's like going to a little bit, a little bit like going to Cosby's hotel room at two in the morning. You know, the sex is, is, is on the table. And so, you know, the guys are going to be I mean, it's same with going to Kevin Spacey after Broadway party. <laughs> you know that there's going to be sod- sodomy is definitely on the menu for the <laughs> definitely on the menu for the evening. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's it's. Like you said, these are famous. Uh, these guys that before, maybe before they were more famous, but an opera singer, a conductor. These are like the Bill Cosby's of the opera. World. Yeah, married by RBG. You know how much play you could get in the gay world if you were married, uh, gay, married by RBG. <laughs> that would just be like you could you could get any dude to suck your dick, pretty much. I would think. So I'm calling bullshit on this. They're denying they're denying the ca- the case. They have an attorney. They have money. This guy's going to get paid off. I would assume. Some amount of cash. Although I, I give anyone who goes to the actual police with these assault allegations some credit, because we live in a world now where uh, so many people are taking non-disclosure agreements or just filing for cash and not never reporting stuff to the police. So yes, he waited eight years, but he did at least put himself on the record with the police and could face criminal charges if he filed if he filed falsely. So I give him credit for that. But uh, yeah, but he's basically just uh, an opera bottom. <laughs> Matt, I want to ask you about Alaska. You gave me a stat that I, I guessed, I think, right away. But you asked me uh, which state had the most serial, serial killers. Uh, and it turned out to be your, your home state of Alaska. Not only the most serial killers, but the most violent, felon, most violent felons uh, by, per, by percentage. Now, granted, there's not a lot of people in Alaska, but by percent of the population. So I'm now going to ask you to defend, uh, without blaming the, native, the natives... Without engine baiting, I'm going to ask you to defend Alaska and as to why it may be a, a lovely place to live despite being so violent. Well, oh, I don't, it's not. Um, well, no, it is. Statistically, <laughs> statistically, it's the most violent state. No, no, no. I mean, it's not a great place to live. I oh, wow. This, I mean, this offense has taken an ill turn. Well, I was watching the Ted Bundy series on Netflix. Is that good, by the way? Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. If you've forgotten about some of the story or Zach I Efron's not overly handsome no 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 this is just a documentary series. oh got you got you he actually lived in Seattle in a house that I rented a room from in college really yeah so I did he, ki- did he murder there uh not at the house no. okay he just lived there but he, did he kill anyone in the Seattle area yeah he okay. killed a couple I only know the Florida murders oh yeah th- those were after the Seattle murders so he got arrested in Seattle for murders and he wouldn't say who he was, and it was like before the internet, and they like couldn't find out who <laughs> just he let was. Him go, just let him go. <laughs> um, so then I was like, huh, I wonder if there's more, um, you know, serial killer murders in the Northwest or maybe in Florida or certain parts. And then before I looked it up, I I just knew what the answer was going to be that Alaska was going to be number one. <laughs> I always painted the uh, Northwest. It was the Green River Killer, some others. I always painted the Northwest. As being the home of serial murder, it's just cliche wise. Yeah, well, 
I don't know. I guess there's a few reasons why that I could sort of think of off the bat. In terms of Alaska, if you're a serial killer that's on the run or wanted or you've committed too many murders in your home state or region, you'll just go to Alaska. Yes. that's what. Oh, by the way, Dexter, the TV show on Showtime, he goes at the end. He goes to Alaska to be a, working logging. Really? Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's there's a surprisingly uh, high amount of that going on. Like, really, if you move to Alaska, and it's not for a very well paying job in the petroleum industry or, um, you know, coal, you're, you're not a nature documentarian or something animal animal documentarian. Yeah, and you're not in the military. It's like, why would you possibly want to move there? Like, oh, I like nature. It's like, okay, well, you could live in Washington State yes. and, like, attend Seahawks games and have access to awesome nature. Uh, you know, you could go to Mount Rainier. You got fishing, hunting. It is completely unnecessary <laughs> to go an extra 2,500 miles uh, northwest. So you're profiling these people as heavily leaning towards Unabomber-ish type people? Yeah. Anti, anti-social sort of loners. Uh, huge chip on their shoulder, perhaps not wanting to interact with lots of people in the first place. Yeah, that's where you would go, and 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 then I was also thinking if there's a component to the more space you have in a given area because you need to dispose of the bodies. Um, so there's a lot of serial oh, killers. A, pra- a practical, like a practical reason to be there, and it's dark a lot of the year. Yeah, it's dark and long nights. And there's also a lot of other people there that are sort of transient and maybe, um, you know, not in great standing with the law. People that won't be noticed if they disappear. I mean, there's people that live out there that live there because they don't want to talk to anyone or they don't want to talk to their families anymore. Is there is there a sense of like sort of live and let live like there are you do not have nosy neighbors there? Yeah. Like people are less inclined. If like you have a weird neighbor, you're less inclined. Like if you live in in, in Hollywood and you're a weird neighbor, people call the police on you 75 times a day. Versus, is that the kind of place where you just if you had a weird neighbor who loved guns, let's say, or had fucking animals dripping blood, <laughs> like you would just like go, oh, that's just Steve. We leave him alone. Like, you wouldn't even know his name. Right? You could live next to him your whole life and not know his name. Not not in that it's L.A. that you don't talk to him. It's just that people don't talk to their neighbors. You might be really good friends with your neighbor, but so you could buy, you know, a couple acres of land there. You could buy 10 acres of land and live in a house and you don't have to be rich to do that. Yeah. It reminds me of the guy in, uh, who stole a teenage girl, kidnapped the teenage girl in Wisconsin. And he had, well, had it for like three months, I think. And his little hunting, his father's hunting house, his father, I think had passed away, but like it, just the neighbors were like two miles away and no one thought anything. They knew the kid was there every now and then just hanging out a loner. But nobody thought of it, and nobody thought like he was up to no good. They didn't they just left him alone until the girl actually <laughs> until the girl escaped. Right. But like you know, if you had a neighbor like that around here, I mean, you'd be on next door. The guy would have pictures of you'd have seventeen nosy lady, lady neighbors like tracking him, photos of him, calling the fucking cops until they until their ears bled. Yeah, and you'd you'd have like cameras at at. at Tra- traffic lights and you'd have all cameras everywhere just like with small like in in la there's cameras all hollywood downtown sure. there's cameras there's no cameras in alaska <laughs> as far as i know certainly outside of like the major I, I don't know if there are any frankly but so you're selling alaska as a place to go if you want to be sort of a predatory killer yeah it's a real live and let live type of place i mean if you feel 
like you know you you want to not have um, a lot of regulation on your business for example <laughs> right. or, or if you feel like um, you you kind of want to start a cult or pull your kids out of school no one's going to think twice and so you know by that nature just you know being accepting good-hearted people if you feel like you need to kill teenage hookers at truck stops. <laughs> you know, people support that. That's that's sort so of literally you don't want the government getting involved in these things like um, you know, hardcore lead pollution or serial murder. You know, we we uh we don't trust the government for things. So it's like that. it is actually just the environment of the location is the perfect environment. Just like the homeless come to Los Angeles or go to Florida, Alaska is a place because it's fucking cold a lot of the year. But it's a place where you can just, if you are a murderer, it is a place, or say a person who likes to lash out violently and black out, black out drunk on occasion, it's the place to be. I think so. And I'd it's really, not on the brochures. Yeah, no, it's not. But I, I would like to see the stats, which would be probably impossible, but what, what native-born, how many native-born serial murders there are versus, you know, people from Florida or Seattle that... That made the trip up. Do the uh, do the native uh, uh, tribes have their own uh, police forces? Um, they have. So for the regions, they'll have a few, but they might be policing like hundreds and hundreds of square miles, and have like one guy that oversees like a bunch of different villages. So they'll have like um, their tribal police, basically, which are just people that live there, and it's not their full time job. Um, yeah, I think this. I think the article. I, I can't remember. I think it said that like forty percent of the towns in Alaska have no police force. Yeah. So they're literally just no. There's not a single cop in town. So you can just like. I mean, everyone's armed. Well, they of have to call someone in. Yeah. Yeah, so. they, that's when they call like a, a Val Kilmer, '90s Val Kilmer, in to do <laughs> do an investigation of, of what happened in the Inuit in the Inuit murders, something like that. That never goes well. That never goes well. So basically, you're not defending Alaska at all. No, I, I actually had a good friend, I still have a good friend, and uh, his sister, so she lived in one of those little little villages, they call them villages, and and everyone knew that she was in an abusive relationship, and she ended up getting uh, killed, oh, God. committing suicide, yeah. but everyone sort of knew that there's a good chance that the guy killed her, but... When you're in this town, there's no, you know, it's just like a, a tribal judge. So he grew up there. He grew up in this village. So he knows everyone. And so it's fairly easy to get away with murder. Now, that wouldn't count as a serial murder, I don't think. But no. Like it's a just the kind abuse. of thing where, like, people, eh, I wouldn't say look the other way, but, like, you know. So it's sort of like gang, gangs uh, or, or Sicilian, Sicilian justice or gang justice in the hood. Like, we're going to take care of this. Or, we'll take care of this ourselves. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> like the offending, the offending guy just ends up disappearing in the river, found in the river like a week later, and everyone's like, that, okay, that worked out. That worked out well. Uh, you're the worst actual like a tourist board person for, for, for Alaska ever. <laughs> I've seen the commercials. I don't know. I used to send my grandma up there on cruises, and they always had a good time on the cruise ships going up to uh, wherever they docked and seeing the whales and everything. Yeah, the cruise ships are awesome. I don't know. <laughs> like uh la and san francisco are awesome but there's a whole other part <laughs> of the country that's not as awesome i mean it, <laughs> yeah a beautiful coastal <laughs> serene oceanside quaint little town that's made only for tourists <laughs> right. that has one one street it reminds, you, i've been to, been to the ones in mexico before where they stop the, the cruise ship stop and there's about a one mile area where it's all just tourist crap and it's all very safe the police are there and everything like that 
But they always tell you don't drive more than like you know a mile outside of that area. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be you'll be you'll be fleeced and, decap- and decapitated very quickly. Yeah, go to Fairbanks, man. It'll, it'll be a a guy hanging outside a pawn shop wearing a basketball jersey and a beanie, and it's uh, eight degrees out and it's springtime, <laughs> and uh, he's riding a BMX bicycle, and you know it's just it's it's not like in the brochures everywhere. <laughs> Matt, I want to ask you about uh, this big fight that's taking place. We have an email from Aaron uh, who wants to know, who had January 2019 as a date when lesbians turned on tranny women? Uh, this story is based on, uh, well, it's this growing. Uh, we've talked about this for a long time now in sports and o- other areas. But this LGBT and how I have a theory that the T is really dragging down the LGB. <laughs> like there's way more LGB people than there are T people. There's yeah. way more, way more by population gay people or bisexual people, whatever they call themselves, because they refuse to call themselves gay, uh, than there are actually transgendered people. But and, tra- and the T people aren't asexual, so they're no. also lesbian, gay, or, or bi, s- yes, or or straight. Yes. In which case, I mean, straight would be a bit of a stretch, but yeah. Well, that's what this. So this le- this big story broke. This lesbian t- chick who's on the LGBTQ board of Baltimore, the city of Baltimore. And she was kicked off to commit. She's like this butch, butch lesbian, hardcore, uh, straight up lesbian, representing lesbian. She could probably just go with L in the LGBTQ. That's all she cares about, mm-hmm. which I think is probably pretty common among a lot of lesbians. I, the ones I know don't really like gay men that much. <laughs> they don't like trannies very much. They love, they love lesbians, but that's about it. Uh, and, and also uh, football. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so she got, she got kicked off the commission because there's a, there's a, a, a guy they were dealing with who was a, ra- a male rapist. He, it was he raped people at, with his dick, <laughs> raped uh, women. But he ide- he said cis rapist. Yes, but he claimed that he identified as a lesbian and demanded that he be referred to with female pronouns. Wait, what? So he he was raping women. Why was he on the? No, they were discussing his case. Oh, he was raping he was raping women, and he claimed he was a lesbian. He claimed he was a lesbian. Because he identifies as a woman, which made him a lesbian. Does he really think he's a lesbian, or he's just trolling? Uh, I think he probably thinks he's a woman, identifies as a woman mm-hmm. before the rapes, but he uses penis to rape. He so, still has the penis? I believe so. But the, the upshot is the lesbian refused to call, kept calling him he because lesbians don't like people with dicks, and they don't want to pretend that people with dicks are women. And so this person that's lesbian on the board called him he and, 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 and him and so forth, and they insisted that she use female pronouns because that's how the rapist wanted to be identified. <laughs> and when the lesbian refused to do that, they kicked her off the board. It's kind of hard to not side with the lesbian. <laughs> yes, of course. How are we even at the point where, where we're debating whose side we're on? Wait, so she wants to call a guy with a dick who rapes people a guy, and, and she's in the wrong? Yes. And she's just like a lesbian that's trying to just do lesbian stuff? Well, because there's a blanket policy uh, for all, ci- all city matters that you must refer to people by the pronouns they choose, they, uh, the gender, by the gender they identify. By the way, this is the law in California as well in Sacramento, just so you know. You can be fined or censored if you don't use the pronouns the person requests when discussing them in public matters. Mm-hmm. So uh, y- your, own view, your own views aside... But this lesbian went on, to, it was at a conference, went on to say, basically, among other lesbians, that, like, we're kind of sick of tranny, <laughs> tranny dudes. I mean, tranny, what do you call them? Tranny women, I guess. 
men who identify trans as women. Trans women. <laughs> yes. I think she said tranny. A bunch would say tranny. Uh, and I would love her for it. Um, that we're sick of these the, identifying as lesbians and so forth. This is, these are just men that we don't like because we're lesbians, like invading our shit and getting the same rights and messing shit up. These are just messed up dudes, and they're not lesbians, and this needs to stop. And they're dudes. As a lesbian, you'd be offended because they're dudes that are trying to like dip into your lesbian pool yes. and fuck lesbians Yes, when... You know, and, and she, I mean, she basically said this is like, OK, so they got this there. She basically called it a, a fetish. Right. And said these are dudes who are just like they're not real lesbians. These are guys identifying as women, having sex with women. These are just dudes. Yeah. And she's apparently that's like you can't say you can't say that. But there's now an uprising among the lesbian community start against T, <laughs> hell against T. And saying, look, this is fucked up. You're not in the same situation we you're not in the same situation we are. Well, first of all, you know, we we were born we were born this way, and maybe you feel the other ways people are born, but they are clearly reimagining their gender. Uh, and they are getting all the rights and, and, and sort of uh, privileges and, and special call outs that the lesbians are getting when again they're just people with dicks having sex <laughs> having sex with so women. So it's considered rapey if you tell a woman like, Oh, I'm a billionaire and you have like uh, you know a fake black card or whatever. If you're essentially a con man trying sure. to, you can be sued. You can be sued for that. Misinform a woman. Actually, go to jail for that. Or to lie about any number of things. And and we've all considered that like very very much in the in the sort of deviant rapey yes. category. Yet you can have a dick go to a lesbian bar, <laughs> bring a chick home, pull your dick out, and and we're supposed to have your back on that one, <laughs> right? Like, where are we at? Can we get some consistency here? I think this is I think this is the big rift is going to happen because I think I think gay people they pulled in the tra- they pulled in the transsexual transgender community, and because it just made sense at the time because I don't think there were many of them I think they just started adding letters. I think they just started adding letters the the Q the A plus the all the other stuff they started adding after. It used to be glad, right? It used to be then it was LGB, mm-hmm. and they just started adding letters because I think they wanted a bigger posse. And right. these are like people that, that were uh, like the land of misfit toys, right? They just wanted to add more misfit toys to build their political power. And now I think they're really regretting adding the T because I think they realize that what even if you think that gender dysphoria is a real thing and these people have real issues, they don't have the same issues you have, and they're fucking coattailing. All your fucking all your hard work you've done for decades now in the gay in the gay community to be accepted. Yeah, especially since there's just been so much uh, such an upswell with the rights that gays and lesbians have to where there's obviously still discrimination, but I don't feel like they're very much hated as certainly no. not as much as they used to be. They've made a ton of progress, and I think your average person like gay marriage is legal now, even. Like Donald Trump shouts out gay and lesbian people at the Republican convention. Right. Still haven't figured that out. Um, but they're pretty much accepted in, you know, cities. Yes. In good, like, major professional, American in professional, cities. In pro- professional middle class, upper middle class environments. Pretty much accepted as normal people. It seems to be that people in the trans community have a higher incidence of personality disorders well they do just do psychologically speaking <laughs> i mean not just not just figuratively they actually have much more likely to have mental health issues serious mental health issues yeah 
to where they're, they're causing some problems. I don't know if you want them around your kids. <laughs> well, uh, it, the, um, the assumption is that a le- the assumption would be that a lesbian woman would be okay with it with the person with a dick coming into the ladies' room to use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why you would assume that a lesbian woman would be more comfortable with that than a heterosexual woman, because they would both feel equally threatened by having a man, male genitalia in the ladies' room. But the assumption is that oh, because you're a lesbian, you're cool with like you're cool with like you're just cool with that, right? Because it's on your te- it's on your LGBT. Te- it's like yeah, that's least- a good point. They're supposed to be or, or think men are less are not as rapey as they think as they know men are. Right. Like lesbians don't. Generally, have a great fondness for men. Have a great fondness for men, the male uh, toxic masculinity and and men in general and penises in general. I haven't found that to be true. But really, well, they certainly don't like the the jockey types. Yes, correct. And I think they they would be mo- they would be more prone to think that a dude identifying as a woman was just a big faker <laughs> trying to get over on women. Yeah. Well, if you've seen, is it Sarah Lawrence? I always forget the names of these um, elite all women's colleges in, on the East Coast. I'll go with Sarah Lawrence. It sounds I'm right. Say it's Sarah Lawrence. Um, but people are graduating high school, sort of going through high school as boys, yes, young men basically, and then they're deciding that they're trans and they're applying to these elite all all women's colleges as women as trans women. But you know how. It, a dude in a skirt looks it's just a guy walking. Oh boy, around. do I! Yes, <laughs> and they're like taking over the student governments. I think you might have sent me this article. And yeah, so probably the, and sport and sports and getting sport. Uh, you could potentially be in sports scholarships, and there's a whole Title IX thing to deal with, which is now these guys identifying as women must be entitled to the Title IX benefits uh, of scholarships and participation. And so it's it's again whether or not you think they're intentionally trying to get over on the system. Or whether or not this is a byproduct of dudes now suddenly identifying as women, it's happening. I think the I think gay people, lesbians in particular, first first and foremost, uh, and feminist fem, heterosexual feminists, hardcore feminist females are just fucking sick of it. And I think there's going to be a huge like uh, I don't know what the battle's going to look like, what the battle's going to look like. Maybe like a a pickup basketball game or something, some kind of sporting event or gladiator event. But I think the lesbian le, lesbian led gay community is going to. Start telling trans people just to shut the f- shut the fuck up. Well, I like how your research for this uh, this podcast. I'm I'm looking at at your list of topics here, and it I believe it just says Baltimore lesbian. Yes. So unfortunately, we don't know her name, but well, uh, I, I stand with Miss Baltimore lesbian on this yes. one. Bal- hardcore butch Baltimore <laughs> lesbian. Imagine imagine a woman, if you will, who's on the Baltimore LGBTQ commission. And you oh, kind of you kind of have to figure it out in your head. I mean, these are and the other thing too about uh, you, you know hardcore lesbians. They're not scared to speak their piece. No, they are not scared at all of controversy, saying the wrong things, being politically incorrect. They will if they get kicked off a commission. They're not going to fucking lilt in the background. They're going to make a big fucking deal about it. And uh, and they so, welcome an argument. They welcome a fight. They love to fight. They have the the the, the sort of. The toxic ma- aspects of toxic masculinity, where they love to engage in conflict. Well, trans, uh, let me see, trans women, guys wearing dresses are the same way. They're they're very argumentative yes. and they do like to throw punches. But they will fake cry a lot. <laughs> they do fake cry a lot. <laughs> Uh, 
bat, let me ask you about uh, Howard Schultz. I don't. I, I assume you're not a Howard Schultz fan, the guy from Starbucks, the CEO from Starbucks. I really don't know much about him. I don't know much about him, other than the fact, I mean, all his Starbucks shit. And I always made fun. Of, I always make fun of Starbucks because it's, it's a fucking horrendous place. But there's no, absolutely no doubt, it's like a massively successful business that this guy Schultz built. Basically, I think he started as like a barista when there were like six shops in Seattle, and eventually rose out to become the head of Starbucks, and then turned it into this massive national, international, uh, ten thousand outlets. Where the fuck? More than McDonald's, I think now. Um, multi-billionaire turned into a hundred billion dollar company. And he did all this, unlike Trump, uh, without loans from his father. He grew up in the pr- legitimate projects in Brooklyn. His dad was a truck driver. He had no money. Uh, put himself through school. Started out, like I said, slinging coffee in the store and rose to the top. So, I mean, at least on paper, he has a great origin story. Yeah. So he's a billionaire, but absolutely zero dollars were handed to him in the beginning. So he was he, he complete, completely self-made guy. I mean, there's no literally self-made guy. He had help from other people along the way, but... He drove himself to the top. Um, so if you hate billionaires, this is the billionaire not to hate. Right. <laughs> uh, but there's so much anger about this guy entering the race because uh, I, I suppose because the Democrats think he'll split the vote. He's a he calls himself a liberal. Uh, he's more in the vein of like a 90s Bill Clinton liberal, mm-hmm. which is be considered like a hard moderate to conservative Democrat now, which don't seem to exist much anymore. But he's in that sort of more Clinton-esque 90s vein. So he's kind of like socially liberal, but basically a Republican on... Yeah, I mean, I think... No, he's for always... He, he always did. He always took care of his employees at Starbucks. He made sure they had the health care packages, make sure they were had living wages, all that kind of stuff. So he wasn't for all that stuff. But I don't think he's for, like, uh, open borders. He's not for, like, uh, medic. He called Medicare for all, like, you know, health care. Universal health care would be a fi- massively filled proposition. He's a business guy, so he's a. But numbers. he has no experience in politics. At no, all. none whatsoever. Okay. Um, so, he, like his positions at this point is like he's kind of well. Just, but as a Starbucks CEO, he's made. Like, if you don't have a record of doing anything, like yeah. No, but he's done. He's come out in public and public commented on public records for the last 10, 15 years. Hmm. So I think, and he also has a platform position out. And I don't think I'd ever vote for the guy, but I would say you can't slam him personally based on his history. And he's never like he's never done anything in his past where you go like it's a disqualifier. Uh, he's not like Trump at all. He's the he's the opposite of Trump. There may be no reason for him to run. He's like a like Bloomberg, Michael Bloomberg. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but so there's so much hostility towards this guy running because uh, they think that you know he's going to draw votes away, more votes from the Democrats and Republicans, and then this is the only way Trump, who can only get like forty percent of the vote, could possibly win again. But I don't know how you feel. I think the more people in, like the more is the better. More is better. He's going to have different, like, nobody at all has mentioned, like, what do you think about Syria and Afghanistan to the guy? They call him, like, the head of Starbucks. Now people are, like, calling for a Starbucks boycott, uh, saying uh, there's a big story uh, that one of the outlets, uh, HuffPo or BuzzFeed, someone put out saying now, the music in Starbucks stores is really white. (laughs) Like, they always put out, it's all, it's overly. That's true, isn't it? Of course it's true. But I assume most of their customers are white and they play fucking sappy Plus they're trying to drive out the homeless people <laughs> yes no i i literally have to put on headphones before i walk into starbucks it's it's just like you might hear frank sinatra you might hear soft jing- jingly music i guess that's white person christmas music i don't know what it is but i think also there's a reason they do that it's probably not racist it's probably what plays to their plays to their demo i'm tired of fucking democrats telling you like who can who you can and can't vote like if you want to get votes as a party how about you like be good at what you're doing and yes. inspire people to vote for you like all they have left is shaming 
is shaming you for not voting for them because you think there's a better party or candidate. And obviously, if you're going to vote Democrat, there's no one's split between who they're going to vote for in president in terms of Democrat or Republican. No. But if you said to a Democrat, I'm going to vote Libertarian, they'd be like, oh, you're unpatriotic. And Oh, yeah. They called Jill, Jill Stein, was it the, the Green Party lady? Yeah. They like... She got like death threats from people claiming that she took like Wisconsin votes away from like Hillary because she was a Green Party person that cost like Hillary the election for the whatever one quarter one percent of the vote she got, which may technically be correct if you crunch the numbers in various districts. But fuck it, isn't it better that we have like multiple people like presenting points of view and then let people vote however they want? Yeah, worst case scenario is Trump gets elected again. But isn't aren't we better off as a precedent to say like? Look, if you're, you know, if you're a legitimate person, legitimate presidential candidate, you should be allowed to speak. And maybe people like the, I don't find them interesting at all, but maybe people like them. And plus, they don't even know who the Democratic candidate's going to be yet. So no. you're basically saying, I don't even know who the candidate's going to be, but you have to go with that person no matter who it is. And you have to vote for us just because we have a D next to our party's name. And, and you know, if, they don't stand for anything. And all the, yeah, all they have left to do is is to tell you not why you should vote for them, but just to tell you you need to vote for them because they're better than the alternative. Well, the anti-Trump vote is going to be massive, obviously. So there's you know if Trump can only get forty percent of the of the vote because there's only forty percent of people who absolutely vote for Trump, and there's a very very small number after that who might vote for him. Uh, it's it's he didn't get fifty percent last time. It's unlikely he'll get you know forty to forty two percent. So, yes, having a split vote is the only way that he probably wins again. But at the same time, it doesn't mean the third person can't win. And it also doesn't mean that third person can't drive the conversation. Like, for instance, I would just love one person to say, we need to get out of Afghanistan, which not a single person ever, ever mentions. Well, obviously, the Democrats want a hardcore two-party system. Yes. They both, they both sides do. It benefits them both. Yeah, it benefits both of them. And they're in alignment on 80% of all the shit anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, I, I'm going to vote for whoever I want. It, it'll probably be the Democratic candidate. Uh, I don't know if Trump will still be there or not. Or I might not. I voted for Gary Johnson last time. I've decided to vote for Ocasio-Cortez if she ever uh, has topless photos. <laughs> very very rational about it. She's too young. She's only twenty nine. She can't run. She can't run for president yet. And by the way, if I could give her advisor some some uh, advice, I would say stop commenting on everything, including <laughs> now she's got a big skincare uh, skincare thing out. Which talking about her skincare routine. <laughs> like this is going to wear thin pretty quickly. I think so. Although she is the most attractive person in Congress, uh, so I think she has a longer lifespan than, than most. So most of those really ugly. How old do you have to be to be president? Thirty five. Thirty five. Yeah. She's got a wa- she's got a walk. She could be looking pretty good. How old is she now? 29. 29. She'll look good when she's 35. Yeah, she'll look good. She's got she got this this enormous one thing that I don't speak about is her, her enormous rack. She just has an enormous rack she hides. Yeah. But in the old photos of her you see it. So I'm just saying like a busty uh, fairly attractive president would be a great thing. Yes. Although I don't really uh, she just strikes me as not very intelligent, but that's okay. We have a not very intelligent guy now. We haven't blown up yet. So we'll probably, we'll probably be she'll okay. She'll learn a bunch of stuff, you know. You think so? She's inherently like I guess I think like mo- like Hillary Clinton is a very smart woman. She's a wholly de- you know unlikable person, but she's in- intellectually a very smart person. I think Ocasio Cortez is a likable person who's really dumb, and I don't know who rises <laughs> to the top. I don't know how far you can go. Why do you think she's dumb? Just I've heard her speak. She's just not very like Hillary Clinton is like cunning, but only like smart people can be cunning good. 
Like she's actually like sinister, but you can't be dumb and sinister. It just doesn't work. At some level, to be sinister, you have to be intelligent. Otherwise, you just come off as idiotic. So like Trump. Yeah, like Trump. Exactly. You end up misspelling shit in your tweets and like <laughs> saying shit that isn't true, and not because you're lying, but because you just don't know the truth, or because you're just dumb and don't know basic information. So well, part of being dumb is is overestimating how smart you are too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he does that for sure. So you think you're the smartest guy in the room. Meanwhile, most people in the room know exactly what it is you're doing and trying to do. Yeah, I don't think you need a fake. I mean, I think, like I said, the Clintons are legitimately smart. Obama's a smart guy. Bush, not quite as smart, but a very affable but very affable guy. I guess he got pretty far, but he had huge family connections. I don't see her going that far. Unless she goes topless, then I'm, I've got me and like 20 guys will, <laughs> me and 20 guys will vote for her. <laughs> Matt, here's a story of white, hot white chick slavery uh, that I want to end the show on today. So a- Amy writes about, uh, do you know who you, I've mentioned her name before, and you always tell me you don't know who she is, Yolanda Hadid. She is the model mother of Bella Hadid and the, the fuck the other one, I don't even remember her name. The two, the two supermodel Gigi. daughters. Gigi, yes. No, I don't. I'm going to look her up. Uh, so she was a Dutch, a Dutch model in her teens and 20s, and she married Mohammed. you know who Mohammed Hadid is? He is Egyptian, I believe, Egyptian-born, like the biggest real estate guy, man guy in Bel Air. He was like the biggest business. He w- had all these mega properties in Bel Air. Mm-hmm. He was always the guy selling like the $150 million house in Bel Air. He made a huge amount of money in real estate and is hated by every person in Bel Air because he just broken every single, violated every <laughs> single housing and zoning, and zoning. Paid off everybody for every zoning law. He wanted to build mega mansions across across the, the west side of Los Angeles. He's Egyptian. What do you think he's going to do? No, I, 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 he might be Jordanian. I'm going. I'm just saying Egyptian. <laughs> but yes. uh, so she married him, rich guy. Then she moved on to David Foster, the singer. So, I mean, the, the singer, the songwriter. Uh, uh, David Foster's written a million hits. Um, so forth, and then she had these two beautiful daughters, and then she faked Lyme disease and <laughs> started going through her poop and doing all this other shit. And then she became the mom of daughters who were more, more attractive and popular than she was. And I, I think that made her crazy. But here's the thing, Matt, as Amy notes, uh, she took out all her implants, and she, this is a big story on her this week. She took out all her, she's like 50s now, took out all her implants and stopped her Botox and fillers and claimed she's finally free, f- she's finally free liberated from the slavery of the conditioning of society towards how women should look. Now, the question Amy wants to know is, does the conditioning of society technically own any slaves? So this is a question of women feeling like they have to get like massive amounts. By the way, I I would assume her Lyme disease, her fake Lyme disease conditions are probably related to all the fucking cosmetic procedures she has done. Botox, fillers, all that stuff has to be unhealthy for you at some level. So she's experiencing fatigue. Botulism. Yeah, but I mean, just uh, the implants alone, I, I just, if you start introducing lots of foreign material to your body, I would think that's much more likely to give you chronic fatigue and, and fevers and all this other stuff rather than a Lyme disease that nobody thinks that a doctor seems to think exists. Yeah, and being <laughs> married to a creepy businessman that you hate and popping pills all day and God knows, I mean. Yeah, all that. Are we to assume that she's just living off beet juice and <laughs> I mean, maybe no. she's living a hor- or like a horrendous lifestyle. I'm sure she is. All she has, uh, she does blood transfusions and she makes her daughter get blood transfusions. That's a story for another day. Uh, but so here's her, here's, you hear this refrain commonly where women are saying that they are victim, whether it be the money they spend on fashion or having to get fake, Im- or getting breast implants or so on and so forth, that they are victims of the Basically, they're implying the patriarchy, the society conditions women to believe they have to be these 
beautiful sex objects, and therefore women are going to these extremes, torturing themselves with uh, implants, Botox, fillers, to fit the mode of what society had told them they must be. Uh, is that true, or <laughs> is really this just something that affects rather shallow, vain women? I looked at the stat. I looked at look the stats. So less than 4% of women in the U.S. have fake tits. That's a lot. Uh, yeah. Numbers-wise, I mean, that's a lot of women. It is. I mean, there's a lot. And that's not does not include the like, cancer patients, mastectomies, reconstructive surgery, just, just plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's for, But, you know, once you get it, you have it forever. So imagine it's not each year it's only a small fraction of 1% who get breast implants. Right. You have for 20 years, 25 years. So it's, it's I think it's 300000 a year, something like that, women get breast implants. Okay. I have a friend who does breast implants. He makes a good living. <laughs> so, I'm sure he does. You know. Perhaps more p- common in Los Angeles and New York than in, in Nebraska, but it's still a good number. And by the way, they're cheap surgeries now. So, and in some cases, uh, if you fudge your uh, health insurance, you get them covered by health insurance. So, uh, I don't think she was under pressure from anyone to get breast implants. I think she decided if I get breast implants, uh, it'll help me marry this creepy businessman. Yes. I will have to do less work. Yes. I will then divorce him. I know that he has a lot of money, so I'll get a settlement. Or some alimony, <clears throat> then I'll marry some other guy again, probably based in part on my big fake giant tits. Yes, and, uh, and my perfect Botox skin and my fillers and everything else, and on my hair and everything else that makes me look perfect, and my girdles or whatever else. Yeah, and, and you know, not do any reading or work on my intellect or personality yes. or, or anything. Rely solely on my tits. No, no one pressured you to do that or even asked you to do that. That's your decision. Like how many female? Say PhD candidates, you think have fake fake press? It's probably lower, very a lot, few, a lot lower. And by the way, so the four percent, if this, if society was conditioning women that they have to have, say, fake big fake breasts to get ahead, why would only four percent of the population have them? Like, why is how how can it be this massive conditioning program that only affects four four percent? Now, of course, a tons of women spend money on makeup and clothes they don't need, and and spend hours in the bathroom trying to make themselves look right. And they'll always tell you that they spent, you know, you got to the, you know, you got dressed in 10 minutes. They had to spend an hour to look right for work or whatever. I had that thrown at me as justification when I was complaining on Twitter about how feminist women uh, who are professionals still expect a man to pay for a lot of their stuff, especially on dates, to pay for dinners. And one of the, uh, which was really the only sort of rational response I got, the rest were like, fuck you, we deserve this. And we haven't really thought about what you're saying. Uh, was that women have to spend a lot of money on cosmetic uh, products and makeup and stuff. They, uh, they, d- they, don't, they do spend a lot of money on that. They well, don't, that they kind of, they don't have to. No, of course but, not. But to compete with other women as a sort of standard, they have to spend more than men do. I don't think it's a legitimate gripe by any means, but I get that. <laughs> I, be- I, be- I mean, I think this is a... I don't know if matriarchy is the right word. This is a matriarchal conspiracy. Now, yes, at some point, all the makeup, clothing, fashion... All these other places that make billions of dollars off women's insecurities used to be run by used to be owned by men and mm-hmm. run by men, but now they're largely run by women and, and, and good measure owned by women more and more so. The mag- female magazines was playing to the consumer mentality for the f- women. You have to have this, you have to have that. No one's going to love you know your hair has to be perfect. No one's going to care about you. You'll never find a boyfriend. You'll never get hired. You'll never marry Muhammad Hadid and and live, <laughs> live in an eighty million dollar mansion in, Ma- in Malibu unless you have big fake tits. That all seems to be run by, pressured by, and promoted by women, certainly now for a long time. I don't really see guys ever 
pressuring i don't know guys pressuring like women or girlfriends or certainly not sisters or anybody else to like spend more effort on their superficial looks like you need more makeup you should buy nicer clothes like if no. you had nice tits you would get head. You're like already attracted to her yes. you wouldn't be with her and and by the way there's plenty of guys like myself and it's not it's probably common or at least not uncommon that you're not attracted to a woman that looks like a whore. Yeah, a fake, big fake tits and everything. I mean, I had a girlfriend. I ended up dating her for about five years, but it must have been roughly six months to a year into the relationship. And she said to me, we were sitting at a bar, and she said, you know, I have the money right now. If you want me to get implants, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, I'll do it. And I said... Uh, so I saw where this would become a real problem. <laughs> right. Um, there would be your implants. Oh, yeah. Everything I did. you know, I, parked, I got implants for you. the car wrong. Yeah, yes. you made me get the, the I got no, silicone. I, I got dangerous silicon Dow chemicals in my, my chest. It would have taken a week to <laughs> spring up. And uh, I said, no, I don't think you need implants. I, I'm not really into implants. But e even if I was, I would have said the same thing. <laughs> and even if, even if you were, you would have said the same thing. And even if you were a guy who was kind of like, you know, unless you're on the real edge of, this, of the spectrum of being a sort of a gross, uh, gross dude, you would never comment negatively on a woman's looks and tell her she needed to get some fix up her looks. I mean, guys just don't tell women to fix up their looks. Yeah. The guys don't go to women and say, like, look, you're never going to get a boyfriend unless you, like, fucking get a nose job or unless you, like, uh, buy nicer shoes or unless you get better makeup. You're never gonna get ahead in life. That's not something guys. That, that is something like like a uh, first generation dad would say to their daughter, though. I think it's the opposite. I think <laughs> dad would say to the daughter, like you gotta tart up less. Like you gotta be like I don't know. I mean, just that's the dad circles I'm in. I could see him just you know saying your appearance. You have to go to the gym, something like that. I don't know. There's always like so. Uh, uh, Orange County is famous for this, but the girls, a lot of the girls down there get implants when they're like for their 16th birthday, mm -hmm. if not then for their 18th birthday. And I think it's all moms pushing that stuff. I don't think there's any dad. First of all, it's creepy. I don't think there's any dads going like, we're going to get you some fake tits for your thing. It's always a daughter with peer pressure asking her mom to convince the dad that they need fake, they need to have larger breasts for success in whatever the fuck they're doing. For sure. It's almost unheard of. And if I was a dad that had a 16-year-old daughter and my wife came to me and said, we need to get her implants for her 16th birthday, I'd be like, I have made a horrible mistake. <laughs> yes. You're fucking psychotic. <laughs> and no, I'm not paying for that. Uh, we can get a big cake. Yes. We can go to Dave and Buster's, you know, uh, tell her friends, uh, you know, we'll uh, order all you want at Chili's. <laughs> but no, I'm not buying her fake maybe, tits. Maybe it's an earrings. elective procedure, maybe by the way. Maybe earrings. Did yes. you look up the the chance of infection or complication oh there's always especially if you get it done if you get the cheaper jobs done there's all these and the, all these fake you know anyone can really do plastic surgery it's kind of like the thing if you have a doctor's degree uh, license you can always sort of do that liposuction botox fillers all that stuff so there was that time when like dentists were doing all this shit like on the side <laughs> because just to make extra because it's a cash business you can make <laughs> yourself an extra fucking 100 200 grand a year just by Having people on the weekends come to your office and doing all this shit, mm -hmm. and so and you're legally allowed to legally allowed to do it, but I don't I don't this is not a it is a condition. There's definitely a condition of society, but it is female magazines, female TV shows, female celebrity, Kardashian celebrities, everybody else pushing product 
and this look on women that I've never seen guys condition women, insist on women be part of this before. Never, ever seen I don't women. even think it's as much as you said about, I don't think it's conditioning on anyone's part. I think women naturally want to present themselves as as well as possible to attract men, and some of them think this is a viable option for some reason well the, the, and, the media and the, it is the, the media sometimes i know you don't you don't get female magazines probably but like the, the celeb female celebrities female media they do push they're all pushing fucking maybelline products they're all pushing the hair you saw that you know even like that there thing from a year ago like the girl's life boy's life covers difference Boy's life was like be an astronaut, to build a build an app, whatever. And the girls was like get the perfect hair so Bobby will notice you at the dance kind of thing. Right, right. So they are playing. It is a natural aspect, I think, of the female condition. But they're playing into it to sell to make money. Yeah, yeah. Just like dudes with fucking health and fitness GNC ads. I mean, the GNC ad is just like you, uh, insecure male, <laughs> open up your wallet and give us cash for shit that doesn't do anything for you, <laughs> like. You know, hair care, the balding man, the, the wussy man. Now there's like the, the Pen- pe- penis uh, dysfunction. Testosterone. Yeah, that, that men have their own thing. And by the way, those companies all make a fucking fortune. So men, insecure men are spending their money on completely different things, but for the same reason. But there's no there's no patriarchy that's uh, forcing Yolanda Hadid to uh, keep up with, go, to the, go to get Botox, go to get Botox shots in her face. <laughs> All right, Matt, that's our show for today. You got something you wish to uh, pimp and promote? Uh, MattRalston.net, the MattRalston at Instagram. Will you be uh, flying for secret missions to Chicago to uh, take care of your uh, outspoken submissive bottoms that are talking too much in public? <laughs> <laughs> I'm debating, uh, I don't know, because I'm usually, what am I, four for four, five for five in terms of calling out oh, sure. recent fake publicity stunts, but... I didn't quite want to go on record with this guy. It's hard because it's, he's a gay and black, and it, it's it was such it's such a horrific sounding crime. Yeah, the bleach and the noose and the and the, and the MAGA hat. I wouldn't want to be wrong. No, it, it had Charlottesville kind of written all over it. Yeah. Like, and you don't want to be like on the wrong side of that. But at the same time, it was just it was very. Also, people don't mention it was like negative ten degrees outside, <laughs> if not colder at two in the morning in Chicago because of the polar vortex. You got a really dedicated white supremacist alt-right, like sort of activist uh, Aryan to want to go out at <laughs> two in the morning at, at negative, negative temperatures to pull off an elaborate uh, uh, assault that leaves almost no bodily injuries on a, <laughs> on a gay black Jewish guy. You know, when you, I just realized too, how, how cold was it? Minus, Minus 10? Minus 10, I think they said. Uh, well, I mean, you're from Alaska, that doesn't, probably doesn't move you too much. No, it's cold, but, but for a guy from Alabama, that'd be fucking <laughs> cold. Well, sure. at a certain temperature, if you pour, if you if you pee yeah, outside it and it's minus forty, it'll turn into ice before it hits the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, I always heard that, never been able to experience that. Uh, it's pretty pretty fun, actually. You should try it once. I was in minus thirty and put minus thirty and put a uh, six pack of beers, a uh, room temperature six pack of beers outside to chill, and came back six minutes later and exploded. Yeah, that'll happen. I didn't know uh, that. I didn't know. I cried over that. It is <laughs> nice to not, you know, to have snow and just put the beers in there, though, yes. and just have them outside. And um, but at a certain point, liquid will freeze, obviously. And I know bleach is a base. I don't know. I don't think bleach would freeze, but I think the people would freeze. What, would bleach not? Does bleach? That probably does at some temperature. I mean, they must take it out of their their redneck van, though. I think it would freeze faster four than by water. Four. Four four. I, I just think stalking somebody at minus 10 would be really pain in the ass. It, 
I, I don't know if you know any people like who would ever be capable of something like this, but I lived among rednecks before. They're really fucking lazy. <laughs> they're impulsive, lazy, and they only oh, do yeah. things kind of when they're when they're drinking. Yeah, yeah. So plot, plotting, lazy. serious plotting is not their strong point. And I don't know that area, but I don't know what the parking situation is like. The logistics of simply pulling off the the stocking unless they were in the same bar it doesn't make sense no that makes sense i'm sorry we'll have this figured out by uh, next week's show <laughs> all right this is lex last talk to you next week